Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends? It's your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, December 4th. And on the podcast, we're going to be opening up the mailbag as well as looking at the latest developments on the return to play plan for the 2020-2021 season, which uh, looks like is on track to begin in mid-January. But before we get to that, let me remind you that the show is, of course, available wherever you can get your podcasts. Majority of you listen on Apple some on Spotify, others on Stitcher. I use Pocket Casts personally, uh, but if you could kindly subscribe to the podcast, each new episode uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy at your leisure. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at LO underscore Boston Bruins. I would also recommend that you follow the NHL account which you can find at Locked On NHL Pods. On Instagram, you can follow the podcast at Locked On Boston Bruins. I am on both Twitter and Instagram at ENC McLaren. For those of you who are new to the podcast, I was previously a hockey news editor at The Score mobile app, which is based up here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I currently live about an hour west of Toronto, in the town of Guelph, which is home to the Ontario Hockey League Storm, former Bruin uh, Dan Paye, also home of Rich Peverly, who was on the podcast on Monday. If you missed that episode, please go back. I have been writing about hockey for over a decade now on various outlets and have been hosting this podcast now for over a year. Bruins fan since the late 80s, if you can believe it. And yeah, just a pleasure to be able to gather with you on a semi-daily basis at the moment to talk about our Boston Bruins. Once training camp kicks off and we're back into season mode, you can expect it to go back to a Monday to Friday show, as ideally we'll have more Bruins content to talk about. Speaking of actual hockey news, let's get to the Details that are coming out from various hockey insiders in regards to what the NHL and the NHLPA have been discussing. So there's still an ongoing financial stalemate over salary deferrals for the upcoming regular season, but both sides are hammering away at non-economic issues in order to try and plan a season. Uh, It was first reported by TSN's Frank Saravelli and later outlined by Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic. Some developments that came out of Thursday night meetings between the two teams, or the two sides, sorry. And here's basically where things seem to be at. So a target January 1st start date no longer seems realistic because you need training camps, you need quarantines all the protocols in place, etc. So the NHL has asked the NHLPA about a mid-January start to the season. It would be either a 52 or 56 game schedule. Both options were discussed on Thursday. 
A source says the preference for both sides will be 56 games for obvious revenue reasons. Training camps for all 31 teams would start around January 2nd, although that could still change either before or after, but it would give you know the players time to wrap up with their families over the holidays and then get back down to business. There's a seven-day voluntary pre-camps for seven teams not involved in the postseason. That still remains on the table. So that would be the Ducks, Kings, Sharks, Senators, Red Wings, Sabres, and Devils, all of whom haven't played since March. Um, They could begin gathering in late December. Obviously, COVID numbers remain a huge concern on both sides of the border. Up here in Toronto, uh, full, not full lockdown, but they're in a lockdown at the moment. No retail, uh, things like that. Obviously, that's a consideration in terms of where games are played. If fans can be in the stands, not likely. And, you know, whether there needs to be some realignment in terms of a Canadian division, three American divisions, and so on. So that's still obviously a concern and could push the start of the season into February if you know things remain critical as they are right now. One source also said the NHL is adamant about wrapping up the Stanley Cup playoffs by early July ahead of the Summer Olympics. That's because NBC is broadcasting the Olympic Games, but it's also in an attempt to get back to some sort of normal schedule cycle ahead of 2021. 2022. Seattle's going to be entering the picture as a 32nd team, and the NHL and the NHLPA still plan to send players to the Winter Olympics in Beijing, and that would obviously add a two-week at least break in the NHL regular season to accommodate that. All of this, of course, is contingent on both sides coming to an agreement on the financial issues, but It's encouraging to see that they're still talking and that they're working towards getting these other aspects of the regular season in the books um, as a sign of good faith. Um, So it looks like we're headed towards a shortened season. I don't think anybody at this point expected 82 games, a shortened season with an early July wrap-up. Probably the best case scenario at this point. Still economic issues to resolve hosting issues to resolve, divisional realignment issues to resolve, as well as this pesky pandemic. But um, things are progressing, which is a good sign uh, to be sure, because even a couple days ago, it didn't look like they were going to be uh, amenable. That would be the players to even broaching these topics if the owners were still going to... um, you know, stick to their ask for salary deferral. So that's where things stand at the moment in terms of return to play. We'll get to some mailbag questions, including the possibility of the Bruins playing outdoors here in a second. But before we do, let's talk for a moment about Built Go. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. It can help you break through that mental or physical wall that we all hit at some point throughout the day. comes in easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase or keep on your desk. 
for when you need that five-hour energy boost that it provides without the same crash feeling that leading alternatives result in. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Loaded with good stuff to ignite your workday like beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. It literally makes you look better as well. If you visit BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Let's now tackle a few mailbag questions. And the first few come in from friend of the program, Mayor. You can find at Mayor Out Loud. And she is the one who asked on the outdoor rink speculation. So let's start there. This came from Elliot Friedman yesterday afternoon. And he wrote that at least four teams are investigating the possibility of playing home games in outdoor stadia if it will allow them to have fans in attendance. One of those teams is the Boston Bruins. And he wrote specifically of them, the Bruins have been in contact with state and city officials about different options. I heard specific mention of Fenway Park and was told that this is in an exploratory phase, but it was stressed all venues are being considered. Now, Dan Ryan of Cup of Chowder, which is the Bruins SB Nation site, which I contributed for back in the day, he ranked the Bruins' best options for 2021 outdoor venues began with Frog Pond at Boston Commons, Charles River, various locations thereon, Norwood Memorial Airport in Norwood, some backyard pools in Medford, as well as Morrissey Boulevard. Kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, responses there. But, you know, the likelihood of Teams playing outdoors this season is pretty low. There's a lot of logistical factors that have to go into that. If the Bruins were going to play at Fenway Park, we all remember the 2010 Winter Classic. The ballpark has hosted various college and high school hockey games in the years since. There's Gillette Stadium. There's also Harvard Stadium, which might be a bit cozier. Um, It's fun to think about. Outdoor options, but again, the logistics and all that. I think they were just exploring these options due to the lack of fans inside rinks and just to get some revenue from tickets this season. There's, of course, weather conditions to take into effect. There are, um, yeah, just the, the concessions, bathrooms, all that kind of stuff. So... I don't know, it's it's kind of cool to think about, but I don't really see outdoor games happening for any team this season just because of, uh, A, the uncertainty of weather and also just the logistics that go into hosting outdoor games. Mayor also asks, rank the COVID-era shows. These are specifically Netflix, I guess. Ozark, Tiger King, Queen's Gambit. Etc. I'll just go with those three because they are the ones that I definitely watched and probably stick out the most 
on Netflix this year. I would say, man, Tiger King, that seems like so long ago. It's it's hard to imagine that that was still <laughs> 2020, uh, but it is. And so I would say, well, Tiger King, definitely third out of those three shows. Um, I really enjoyed Queen's Gambit, but overall, Ozark, probably one of my favorite shows just of any era. It's uh, really stood out as... I wouldn't say a Breaking Bad replacement, but Breaking Bad adjacent, I guess. Uh, adjacent Batement. I'm sorry, that was terrible. Um, but yeah, Ozark, very solid show. Very excited for the last season, which is upcoming. I think it's two, seven episode parts, something like that. Uh, but yeah, this past season was, uh, not to spoil anything, but uh, mind-blowing. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. It's just one of my favorite shows ever. And Mayor also asks, tell us your thoughts on Justified so far. That is the show that uh, my wife Lauren and I are currently watching in the evenings. We've just finished The Crown and hadn't really found anything since. We binged Billions earlier this year, which is kind of left hanging due to COVID. Uh, so it's nice to have a show like Justified that is completed and pretty high quality. Now, I'll admit the first episode I really loved where it set up kind of Timothy Oliphant and Walton Goggins as adversaries. The next few episodes were a bit of a step back. It seemed more like a like a procedural show where it's like contained storylines, one case wraps up, no real overarching storyline which we've come to really appreciate in you know, shows at this point in the golden era of TV. Uh, but it has now since gotten back into that um, Raylan Boyd rivalry. And looking back, those initial episodes were really about, you know, character building, character introduction, and things like that. And uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely hooked on it and looking forward to uh, watching the remaining several episodes. Um, so yeah, thank you for that suggestion, Mary. It was a great one. Sean Woodley asks, who is your favorite all-time Bruin to play with in an NHL game? And why is it NHL 2002 Jason Allison? I wouldn't uh, say that he was it. Funny story. Oh, was it 2002? NHL 02? Might have been NHL 03. I don't know if I told the story on the podcast before, but I was in college playing it all the way through my uh, regular season in GM mode. And then I came into my college dorm room. One of my good friends, Chris Lewis, was playing my PlayStation and somehow had erased my entire uh, season as I was about to compete for the Stanley Cup. It's a miracle that we're still friends, but that is the power of college friendships i suppose uh you know what honestly if when i think about nhl games i always think about nhl 94 as the gold standard actually when i was at the score we had like an arcade version of it and so it reminded me that general manager current general manager don sweeney actually had a pretty wicked uh slap shot from the point and fire that baby off tended to go in i really enjoyed 
playing with Adam Oates as well. He was probably my favorite. Oates to Neely. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, always brings back good memories. True story. When I got a Sega Genesis with NHL hockey for Christmas, I actually passed out of from excitement. Also because I hadn't eaten breakfast yet and had gotten very little sleep. But uh, yeah, confession. Now you know a bit more about me. Final question comes from Dave Ness at D-A-V underscore N-E-S who asks, Bruins question, with DeBrusque signed, how do you like the look of the DeBrusque, Krejci, Kasha line for a full season? Do you think they have high expectations going into the season? I really do. I think it has the potential to be a very effective second line. Uh, I talked about last week when DeBrusque signed his two-year deal that it's uh, a pretty big show-me opportunity for him to prove that he belongs in the conversations of, you know, top six high-end wingers uh, across the league. He he has the opportunity to become a 30-goal scorer and to become kind of an elite winger for the Boston Bruins and really cash in on his next contract. Um Andre Kasha, obviously, we didn't get to see much of him prior to the COVID break. And then when he was available in the bubble, it came after extended quarantine and missing uh, the training camp portion. So I don't really think we got the best look at him. He did look, for my money, pretty good for the Bruins. He had opportunities, uh, couldn't cash in, but I think uh, with a couple of weeks of training camp and some regular season reps for that trio. I think it has the opportunity to be a very good line for the Boston Bruins. Now that's not ruling out the possibility that, uh, you know, Craig Smith could be up there as well. Don't forget that both Brad Marchand and David Pasternak will be on the shelf to begin the season, meaning Kasha might see some time on the top line, or perhaps Craig Smith will see some time on the top line. So, or Jake DeBrusque could see some time on the top line uh, in the absence of Marchand. So that might make things tricky for them to gel right off the bat. Wouldn't be a Bruins regular season without some uncertainty for David Krejci on his wings. And while the Bruins do have guys signed and in the mix, those injuries uh, will will play with that uh, to begin with. But um, all that to say, I do think it can be a pretty good trio for the Boston Bruins. Dave also asks, best Christmas movie? Great question. Obviously, it is holiday movie season. Uh, we just watched The Happiest Season, or I think it's just called Happiest Season, uh, with Mackenzie Davis, Kristen Stewart. Aubrey Plaza, Dan Levy, just a great cast, Mary Steenburgen. Um, I wouldn't say it quite ranks as a classic. If we're talking classics, I'd go, you know, Home Alone has to be up there. Home Alone 2 is arguably even better. We've already watched both of those around here. I'm a big fan of Muppet Christmas Carol. I think The Family Stone is a very underrated Christmas movie. We used to watch that one pretty much every year. Although the, uh, you know, underlying cancer storyline has become difficult to watch because of, uh, you know, family circumstances. Uh, the Night Before is a very fun one as well, which is a recent one with, uh, you know, Seth Rogen, 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Anthony Mackie. Um, one other one to mention is Just Friends, that old comedy starring Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart. Uh, very hilarious. So if I had to pick the best one, probably Muppet's Christmas Carol, to be honest. Mickey's Christmas Carol is pretty good, too, but kind of scary. Um, you know, there's there's Grinched, which is always great. But I'd probably say, yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol, Home Alone. And uh, if you want a more recent one, that's pretty good. I'd suggest um, The Night Before, which is which is pretty funny. Before we move on, I want to remind you that uh, usually on Mondays, we've been doing a Witch Bruins War at Best episode. So you can go back and listen to numbers 60 through 69 in the series that just dropped on Wednesday. On Monday, we'll be back with numbers 50 through 59 and i can already think of one that i know won't be topped number 55 johnny boychuk who recently announced his retirement and uh rich peverly shared a pretty great johnny boychuk story on the podcast on monday so go back and listen to that let's talk for a moment about built bar the improved built bar is even deliciouser than before comes in six new amazing flavors Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia among them. They're all covered in 100% chocolate, soft, and easy to chew. They're not just a delicious treat, though. They're also great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a built Bar. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great even if you're on the keto diet. Right now... If you go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you can get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. To wrap up this week, there's not really much to report on in terms of the Bruins and what the team might look like next season. Zidane Chara is still up in the air. Um, probably, yeah, waiting to see how things shake out before making a decision on his future, uh, as well as the Bruins. And, um, uh, I did notice, of course, that you can go to the Bruins Pro Shop, the new, uh, reverse retro jerseys. There is a Chara option. I don't know if that's just for sentimental reasons or because they're planning to, you know, have people wear his jersey this year. Speaking of that gear, I did order a Meth Bear toque, and I'm very excited to receive that in hopefully around 10 days, although my wife might request that uh, it be kept under the uh, tree until until Christmas, but, you know, what can you do there? Um, yeah, I hope you are all doing well and that, you know, you're keeping safe. And uh, it's a difficult, difficult time for sure, but uh, happy to be talking about the Bruins on a daily basis here and hope that you find it helpful as well uh, just to have that sort of normalcy uh, in your lives. Uh, what was I going to mention as well? Yeah, I hope you all have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday, like I said, with um, the which Bruins were at best. 50 through 59 uh, gonna spend the weekend at the rink uh, it is still open up here in our area for the time being and um, yeah boys have hockey three times this weekend or not 
one time each for each boy. And uh, so that's pretty much what we'll, we will be doing this weekend as well as watching some Justified, catching the new episode of The Mandalorian. I'm still watching Sons of Anarchy, Modern Family, doing some reading, whatever we can to, yeah, just stay entertained and keep our minds off kind of what's going on out there, staying safe, staying indoors, socially distanced, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, thank you again for taking some time to listen this week. Thank you for sending in some mailbag questions. If you need me, you can find me at ENC McLaren on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can find the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins on Twitter, Locked On Boston Bruins on Instagram. And please do download the podcast uh, or subscribe, I mean, so that you can download whenever a new episode becomes available. Thanks so much, friends. Take care. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Peace.